I wonder where a guy in everyday Joe like myself can find a little action. Do I make you horny? Me love you long time, but me so horny. What is your major malfunction, dumb nuts? Give me some sugar, baby. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, and you are listening to Metal Hand of God Podcast with Bear Ass and Sheep. Don't worry if you don't speak it out loud. Welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and you know that guy over there as the rum guy. All right, all right. Today we have two, not just one, but two incredible two. guests. Two. If there was three, it'd be a trifecta, but this is better. Right, right. <laughs> we have Mr. Noah Griffith and Daniel Stewart. Yeah. How's it going, man? Good. Good. Thanks for- yeah, yeah, thank you. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Uh, for some. What's that, Rum? I say this is amazing. These 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 guys. Uh, you you've got, you've you've worked on so much stuff, and and you're on the show, and we get to talk about one of your, uh, your newest greatest things that uh, I am now just getting into. Wayne has, I think, what a, God, you've watched everything, haven't you? Yeah, I've watched. <laughs> I, I watched. Um, I I did. Okay, for those who don't know, these guys are amazing writers, and. Uh, they wrote on TV shows such as Swamp Thing, Mist, um, and uh, now Sweet Tooth, which I just want to say Sweet Tooth is incredible. Um, I was a, I was a huge, huge fan of the comic book. Uh, it was a sleeper, in my opinion. A lot of people didn't know about it. And then I was mm-hmm. so freaking excited when I heard that there was going to be a TV show. And I even got even more excited when I heard that I was able to get you guys to come on this show. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. That's very kind of you to say. It um yeah, I mean like Jeff Lemire is a rock star, you know, comic book writer and I mean he's just he's one of the guys. Yes. And so, yes. you know, when uh, we heard that they were making the show with Jeff and uh, you know, we were making the Sweet Tooth comic book and you know, when Jim Mickle talked to us originally Jim, who's the showrunner creator of the show you know, said what he wanted to do, and we just had to, we had to be a part of it in any way we could, and we were very fortunate to be um, writers on the first season. Yeah, and I I think what's so interesting, too, is, you know, since you guys have read the comics, it's it's interesting, because it's almost all of the same characters, but the execution is is so different, and I think in a really good way. Um, I, I really love the comics, they're so cool and it's so like creepy and unique. But right. I think the the adaptation has just taken on this whole other 
life and meaning to the material. So it's just really excited to be part of it. Yeah. And you know, I, I like that. I, I like that a lot. A lot of people complain about like, you know, not, not just about, not about that. Are, I didn't hear anybody complain about sweet tooth about this, but I'm sure there is someone out there that has, uh, that they, they say, Oh, well, it's not like the comic book. Well, you know what guys, <laughs> let me tell you something. Okay. I don't want to watch the same thing I read. Okay. Yeah, like be, be, exactly. because I know what's going to happen next. Like mm -hmm. like with The Walking Dead, guys, everybody was bitching and moaning about all this stuff that was going on in The Walking Dead. I'm like, guys, but if you read The Walking Dead, then you, it's basically like you're you're just looking at a roadmap at the TV show. Why would you want that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well said. I mean, and, and I think, too, uh, when, when we were doing the show and when Jim had sort of pitched us his vision for what to do with the show and how, how different it would be. I mean, I think one of the things that we were really intentional about all throughout the first season, we kept talking about it, was A, you know, how is Jeff going to feel about anything that we were going to do? You know, we really wanted to make sure this guy created the story. You right. know, you don't want to like, hey, take it and be like, yeah, thanks, bye. Um, right. You want him to sort of be proud and sort of be enthusiastic about what we're doing. And Jeff was wonderful about how supportive he was and how much he loved what we did with season one. And, and that's the first thing. And then I think the second thing is also you want to not betray the fans, too. Like, you you know, people who read the comic book and people who didn't read the comic book, you want it to work for both of them. You don't want to take something that was beloved for people and then chuck that out the window, right? So Exactly. I, like a lot of people who were fans of the comic book did appreciate how different it was, but how sort of spiritually it was the same. And that what, was really cool. What was the, my, my question is how did it get from paper to, to, to where you guys are writing for the show? I mean, it's, I mean, what, what was that? I mean, was it, it couldn't have been just an out of the blue call. Hey, you guys, we, we hear you're great writers. Uh, <laughs> you, how, how did that little, you know, part happen. Yeah, we, uh, as we said, we worked on Swamp Thing before Sweet Tooth and that, and then just another, um, another element I think converged in a really cool way. Um, we, we had actually known the people at Team Downey for quite a while on and off for a few years. And then um, through Swamp Thing, uh, a bunch of, people including one of the directors we had worked with who was actually really good friends with Jim so you know with our contacts with Team Downey and um, some of the contacts on Swamp Thing it I think we were sort of you know in the uh, our, our names were sort of in the mix as it were and when we sat down with Team Downey it just sounded like such a cool opportunity we're like yeah we're, we're in um, of course at that time you have no idea you know what will happen um i don't know how much you've read about the development the, the show went you know through quite a number of mm -hmm. cycles before we even came on i think it was originally at hulu um as a pilot and then i think they let go of it and then you know netflix took it and went through some phases of the development before we hopped on so it's been i think correct me if i'm wrong dan i think it's almost they'd been working on this since maybe 2016. wow yeah I think it was 2016, 2017, yeah, somewhere around there. And it's been a while. I mean, and the, uh, you know, the funny thing is, to all this sort of stuff, the more that we do it, the more that that becomes the norm. I mean, like, as an example, I remember, um, I think it was like when Castaway came out, 
and uh, Zemeckis and Tom Hanks were talking about, you know, oh, this took like eight or nine years to get to the screen. Like, we had this idea eight or nine years ago. And I remember thinking, like, how? How did it take that long? <laughs> and and uh, the more you do it, the more you sort of, um, you learn that that's the norm. You learn that a few years is the norm. Wow. How do you how do you bide your time in between? I mean, it's it's like, it's like uh, being in the military. You're sitting on your duffel bag. You know, hurry up and hurry up and wait. It's that type of thing where you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop so you can go. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's a it's it's certainly it's it's always tough because every you know hiatus in a show we're just never really sure you know what what's next. You know, to to Sweet Tooth, it's funny we when we sat down. Um, I th I think it was around either early 2020 or late 2019 when we started chatting with um, the folks over at Team Downey and you know you you have a really good meeting and you sit down with the showrunner and you're not really sure you know what what will happen as evidenced by you know originally being at Hulu and then over at Netflix um, so in the meantime I think you know we're we're workhorses we like to we like to stay busy so we always have you know, original ideas or um, pitches for shows or for movies that we're always kind of cooking up. And so the short answer to your question is I think what we've kind of gotten to the point of of doing is, is really just, you know, as long as there are ideas that are just in our head and we cannot get, get you know, we have to get them on paper, we attack those and or just any project that seems, you know, like it's, it's, uh, a strategic win for us and i think is if you can do all of the above it's kind of like you know throwing everything in the wall and seeing what sticks because you really just never know it's always good to have you know at least five or so fingers in the pie yeah i mean to to add on to that or to piggyback off of that too i mean um something noah touched on we do a lot of features work when we're not on a show so okay. we've been very fortunate sort of as an example, I think we sold or set up one or two movies while we were on Swamp Thing. So when we were done with the Swamp Thing room, we went to write those movies. And it was the same thing in season, uh, the first season of Sweet Tooth, which is we had set up a couple of movies around that time. So we write them when we're not in the room. And then uh, the room comes back or it doesn't come back or we get on another show or what have you. And then we sort of... Uh, try to divide and conquer our time like that without going insane and so far <laughs> we've uh, been largely successful not <laughs> you know we're kind of we're half insane we're not fully insane but, <laughs> okay. you have to be a little crazy to do what you guys do too i mean it helps yes. right yes yes yeah, absolutely yeah right. it is it is funny i don't know you know with other people you have on the show it's there's always that joke of explaining this to you know your your parents or to you know other family uh mm -hmm. you know it's kind of i mean it's always kind of funny they're like oh, wait so wait why are you meeting with the people oh well <laughs> to get a job well wait but you do that all the time like yeah it's it's like very difficult to explain i think <laughs> unless kind of you know you kind of go through it because um you know for for you know rightfully or wrongfully it's uh it just, it just kind of is what it is. It's such a, it is such a rat race, and sometimes it feels like a goose chase. But you keep doing it because, you know, we Dan and I have, you know, we just we both grew up in Minnesota. As, a, as an example, we'd spent, 
essentially six months out of the year just cooped up inside watching movies and you know just really coming to love science fiction and horror and thriller movies and you know you you want to be able to sort of take all those fun experiences you had watching those cool movies or shows and bring that to the world and that's that's to the insanity it's just sort of this this insane drive to to just keep doing that as much as you can was, was this for both of you was this was this plan a was this game on this is this is what sitting in minnesota you guys were thinking <laughs> that's what y'all wanted to do be a writer this is what i'm gonna do or is was was there another goal or as you know what let's start let's start uh both of you think about <laughs> let's go uh five minutes pre-teen to now <laughs> skip all the how, all the dirty parts though how, how, did the, how did the lives that you have now evolve into into what you have now i mean uh, i'm sure uh, as we all start off somewhere with with dreams and aspirations and at some point in time that that little bit of inspiration hits when when did that hit for you that's a great question and i'm not sure noah i know what the answer is for you if this was always plan a you, you, I, I can answer if you want me to go first, but if you want to go first, I'm dying to hear what this answer is. <laughs> yeah, you probably know for the most part what the answer is. I mean, the, the quick background for me is, um, you know, I the always love movies. I also always love writing as well. Um, I had, you know, my, my dad, for example, is, is a, an author. My stepdad is also an opera singer. Wow, so awesome! Kind of grew up with the you know writing and music as kind of mutual love. Um, for me in high school, I I got this strange sort of knack of of getting uh, a friend of mine got me MIDI synthesizing software, and I kind of just really went all in on music for quite a while. And um, so scoring was actually going to be the first goal. And then, because uh, I just I just love I love movie scores I love everything about it even to the insanity it's even harder and more insane than writing personally that's what I found but I think when I uh, had pursued it and moved out here to try and do it and just realized how you know how daunting it is just like any sort of creative endeavor and around the same time I'd met Dan and you know we just started to from then just kind of on a lark was like hey let's just start writing and the rest is history that's that's the, that's the short of it for me um for me well well first off I, I i do have to know was this wasn't a plan a is that what you're saying like composing was plan a this is sort of plan a part two is that right yeah it's like yeah i would say that's right uh, i feel you. um for me i had sort of like you know no one i always kind of remark about like how strange similar and how strangely different our stories are um <laughs> as an example like to you know to your stepdad being an opera singer he like your stepdad grew up on a farm i think in mm -hmm. in rural I iowa is that right exactly and my dad grew up on a farm in rural canada but like <laughs> but dropped out of high school because he went and played in the nhl for seven or eight years or however long he played holy shit nice. that's really cool yeah so it's sort of like very like it's spiritually similar and like growing up on this farm and then leaving to do a you know quote-unquote cool thing um even though one is in the arts and one is in sports but um 
that's how my dad grew up, and then he was very insistent. I have two older brothers, and he was very insistent that all three of us like go get our college degrees because he had dropped out of high school, and he's like, don't do what I did, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I have two older brothers, and they're uh, uh, very, uh, very good at what they do. And when it came to me, like, I, I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. I had this mandate from my dad to do something, you know, serious, do something quote unquote real right uh, didn't know what i wanted to do and i dabbled in a couple of things when i first went to college and mathematics was like the thing that i really sparked to and i really enjoyed and so i did mathematics for a number of years and then crazy man <laughs> it uh I, I hated math when i was a kid and then all of a sudden something just clicked for me you know whatever age it was and i just like got it from then on. but so i did mathematics for a few years and then i like it's probably the question I should have asked at the beginning of the journey, the mathematics journey, not at the end, but I finally like realized that I was like, what am I going to do with mathematics anyway? Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be a high school math teacher and I'm not sure what else you do with mathematics. So maybe I should do something else. And uh, I think it was probably around the same time that Noah was, you know, thinking about going to Columbia College in Chicago, which is where we met. Um, I was like, hey, I, I kind of actually do want to pursue this film thing. And I remember the moment that I actually thought like it was possible and it was very math nerd of me. Um, I remember seeing in some article or something like that, that your odds of winning an Oscar were one in 44,000. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I was like, that seems like super unlikely to win an Oscar. One in 44,000 is not great. But... I was like, look at all the working writers, work, working television and working uh, feature writers that are not winning an Oscar. Like, it, it's somewhere in the, like, the 5,000 range. And I thought, and, and in retrospect, it might be sort of a ludicrous thought or a naive thought. I was like, anything that 5,000 people can do, I can do, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good and way I, of attacking it. Yeah, and I, you know, in, in retrospect, I think that naive uh optimism let's that's probably putting it nicely that naive optimism is kind of like what helped uh get me on the journey so i went to to chicago and we went to school and, and that's where noah and i met and then we moved out to california around the same time and it, the whole the whole idea was like if if i'm going to do this i should probably um, meet some other people you know uh network as much as i can right um some people that I'll get to know outside out in LA and you know that sort of thing so that's that's what sort of precipitated the uh, film school move and then Noah and I moved out to LA around the same time and I think it was maybe a year or two later that we we're like hey we should write something together so that that's kind of where our stories really fully uh come together intersect oh, that's see cool. that's an amazing thing that when you get uh you know you have two individual lives and they they intersect and you've had this amazing journey unknowingly from uh, such an early time and, and and you've done so many great things at this point and you, you're just still going i think that's 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 awesome i mean it's an amazing it's weird how life works out uh -huh. <laughs> yeah absolutely you know you know you guys kind of mirror me and justin me and rum here <laughs> you know i mean a lot better with with, with with us with less um you know 
uh, achievements and all, but you know, still, you know, it's, it was kind of the same thing. I mean, right we're, you know, we're all people, so we've got that in common. We are people. <laughs> we we come from different backgrounds. Um, <laughs> we different uh, folks, buddy. We bo we both failed at music. Um, <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. I got. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, band wise, band wise. I mean, we both have records out and things like that. I understand. Um. And then uh, we're, we're doing our thing. And then know? we became uh, friends. Yeah. Well, through video yeah. games <laughs> and decided to do this. Yeah. Well, we do this and we do other things. I mean, we have common interests. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm, what I'm saying okay. is what I'm saying is like we did something together as like it, and we've been doing this for 10 years almost. So, yeah, it's craziness. Nice. It was like crazy. it was like we yeah. were. Hey, I think that's what it is. Right. I mean, like if you're doing something that you enjoy doing, it's not that hard to keep keep doing it you know? exactly i mean it's what we're all touching on i think which is like uh you, you don't have a choice in the matter if you have some sort of like compulsion to do it or you really enjoy doing it it's just like this is what you do right now, now since you guys um you write it's in your blood now you, you you're living it you're breathing it independently weird question i'm just throwing it out there <laughs> are you guys independently working on your own basically your own your own masterpiece are you have you had an idea in your head like this is, i'm writing this for me this is going to be my 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 thing this is it are you has any of that happened with you guys good question oh. <laughs> i mean the the sort of like the simple answer would be at least on my own no i think what what tends to happen as i found because we've you know to, to your guys is you know, decade of friendship. I think we've known each other for roughly a decade. And I think actually, as far as actually writing professionally, maybe five, six years. And the, on my end, I think what, what often happens is usually independently, you know, on a weekend or a night or, you know, whenever it, it hits, I'll just, you know, just write up some stuff like, Hey, just some idea is burned in my head and I'll just type it up and and, you know, depending on how much I like it or don't like it, I'll usually just pop it over to Dan. Like, hey, what do you think? And, like, you know, sometimes it's like, eh, not feeling it. And other times it's like, ooh, this is cool. We should we should keep exploring it. So the the simple of it, simple answer for me is it's it's usually it's a lot of times sometimes when we're gelling on, on ideas, it starts independently. But at a certain point, I think because, you know, Dan and I have share a lot of really good yin yang strengths and weaknesses it's really always great to shoot it over to him and see what he thinks and if it's like if it's really sparking for him well let's keep let's keep exploring it yeah i, I to second all that i mean i don't i don't have anything that i'm working on you know any sort of uh independent magnum opus that i'm working on <laughs> you know there, there's probably uh i think you know you would probably feel the same way i think there's probably what a handful of ideas I just figured somewhere there would be there would be something that you're just because I, like I, I'm not a writer, but I've been working on a book for 15 years, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's one of those things. Like every once in a while, I just pull it out and I I, I add to it. You know what I mean? Is oh, okay. yeah. I mean, in that regard, I think that the, there there's the like um, the projects that we work on absolutely in regards to the sort of professional career that we work on in regards to furthering you know us and what we do you know and then there's the sort of like um probably there's the sort of like 
private slash personal, and I use those words as loosely as possible. Like things that we're just kind of like poking at personally just for fun. Like, you know, Noah still composes a lot. Um, um, a lot of it's just for fun. You know, you bang out some music that, you know, it's stuck in your brain and it's, you know, a mood piece or something like that. And then there are things that like I'm poking at on my own, but just for fun. But they're never like, for on my end of things, they're never sort of intended to be published or anything like that. Right. They're never sort of intended to see the light of day. It's more of like a palate cleanser on my end of things, at least. It's more of sort of a palate cleanser just to work on something. I mean, we work on uh, Sweet Tooth is probably the, the light, most lighthearted of things. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, most of the time we're uh, blowing people up or murdering people or <laughs> having them ripped apart by a monster. So uh, we try and just have some fun sometimes outside of that and just palate cleanse a little bit. I was going to say, because I, I would think that type of writing would be very therapeutic i mean you're 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 writing out frustration you're creating mm-hmm. by the time you walk away from the page after you've written it down you've got to say to yourself oh, i feel a lot better you know that sort of thing <laughs> i'm not so stressed right now i just killed three people and four <laughs> I, I think there is certainly an element of that no you know don't jump in with how you feel i i will to answer real quick i I think what it is, is at the end of the day, when you do it, you know, six, eight hours a day, every day, uh, it, it's it's only so therapeutic because <laughs> at the end of the day, it becomes a job. Um, and it's a job that we absolutely love to do, but it is still something like you've got to accomplish something. And so when you're right. in a headspace eight hours a day to accomplish something, um, it, it's, it can only be so therapeutic. So sometimes just, you know, doing something completely different, whether it be come up with a joke pitch or, you know, joke movie titles or something like that. That's just a, a simple, quick way to cleanse the palate before we have to jump back in. But no, sure. how, how would you feel? That? Yeah, I, I largely agree with that. I think um, I totally agree about it being therapeutic to an extent. And, it, and I, I was just going to add that I don't know how, you know, how many horror or just genre creators you have on, but I, I've noticed a lot. And yeah. And, and I mean, to that, I've noticed that, and this is really evident in, in, in our time on swamp thing and, you know, swamp thing to what Dan is saying, like, you know, we got a monster ripping people drying and quartering them and just, you know, we see all kinds of blood and guts. It's, you know, it's a heavy R rated show and could not, have worked with the, like eat nicer people. They're right. like the nicest people ever. And I think to what you said, there's a ton of truth to that, that, you know, a lot of people, everybody exercises their demons differently. And I think in the horror community or the sci-fi or genre community, like a lot of those demons get exercised on the page. And so, yeah, it, it, it does feel good to an extent. And I think there's a great quote that I heard from, I think it was from Scott Derrickson about just about horror in general, about how it, it's it's not necessarily to be scared. It's actually you watch horror or you read horror or science fiction or genre in general as kind of a release of fear. You you we have these fears deep down inside of us that we carry with us every day. And then if you you know watch a horror show or a movie or read a horror book it's a great outlet for you to take all of those personal anxieties and fears and you can just throw it out there. So I definitely think there's a therapeutic 
angle to it. But I think I do agree with Dan to an extent. You know, sometimes you're doing it, you know, ten plus hours a day, and like there's only so much of, <laughs> of you know, brutal, horrific. Do you run into the in the blocks? Any type of writing block at all? Does it happen to you guys, or you you've moved past it? Good question. I mean, I think the you know when you when you're doing it on a schedule for a show, it's uh, it's definitely a good remedy for the writer's block because you can't you can't really yeah let it get in the way. You just have to you know. I, I think the the best thing that I think we've found just with writing, and as I'm sure you've had other guests say, is you know writing is rewriting. So half, half the battle is just. You know, a lot of times if we're coming up with something, I know what I'm about to pitch sucks, but it's just all about getting on there. And then, you know, we can, you know, we can sit on it, sleep on it for however long and come back to it the next morning. And all right, this is horrible. But because we have something on paper, you know, what would be great is an alt to this. And we just make it better and better and better. Well, that's yeah. cool. That's a good way. Because I, I usually sit in a room full of paper balls. <laughs> all <over my> <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of like writing a song, man. Like, cause you know, right when you're writing a song lyrically, uh, your first draft is not what it ends up to be ever, no, totally. ever, you know? And yeah, like, I, I suck a Noah too on this too, which is, you know, I think that, you know, we've been fortunate both in working inside the partnership, which, you know, prepared us for working with, uh, you know, in a writer's room because you automatically have to convince somebody else, right? You have to, right come to a consensus on something but with the schedule and with just sort of like the the, the discipline and the you know having the routine I, I have found that uh writer's block it isn't really a thing for me i you know i i, it's like, I hesitate to say that because i'm pretty sure i just jinxed myself um, <laughs> tomorrow i won't be able to write anything but like by and large i think when you when you know, to attack on what Noah said, which is like, you got to get something on the page. Like somebody else is counting on you, you know, um, you just got pressure. I'm sorry. There has to be some pressure involved in it. I, mm -hmm. What you guys do and deadlines and things mm -hmm. like that. Like you said, people relying on you and, and it's, it's got to be at, at times, I would think it would be kind of daunting. You wake up, you know, you're, you're sitting there, you got your, your laptop in front of you and you're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, you know, one of the things that we probably both learned, I know that I, that it's something that was sort of a takeaway for me. We both had day jobs when we moved to LA, you know, we had to pay our rent somehow. And, sure. uh, I, I worked for Sony pictures in, uh, just a random department. And I tried to apply the same sort of thinking to that once, you know, we quit our day jobs to go do this for real for full time, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and it was like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I can't like pick and choose when I would show up to work. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like Sony would fire me. if <laughs> I just sort of like, I just don't feel like working today. I, <laughs> I can't, I can't see how to do this job. Um, and I was like, you know, if, if if I can show up every day to work for Sony in this random department, I can certainly show up every day for the thing that I really want to do. Yeah, um, there you go. Noah, you probably, you know, have the similar sort of takeaway, you know, from working at Variety. Yeah, 100%. That's that, that's so freaking cool. And it's, I mean, I, I'm just kind of in awe of you guys. Really, you've been able to 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 not just 
follow a dream that you've had. You've been able to create it and change it along the way until you got to the point where you were able to go with that. You, you looked at that day, other day job, the the, and then go, you know what? F this. I'm doing this. <laughs> right. What I wanted. I mean, that's that's what that's what it takes. You that's have to have. You have to you have to have the initiative to do it. You've got to take that leap of faith. I mean, that's what it's about because we're only here for so long, you know. And if you're not doing what you want to do, what in the hell are you doing? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think there there were so many trials, you know, along the way when you know when we had day jobs. Of course, I was, you know, one. Of, I don't want to speak for Dan, but one of the things is just having a day job, trying to write. I was like, fuck. Right. If I, yeah. missed, if, I if you know, I should have been doing this, you know, when I was. 13 or something that would be it'd be so much ahead of the ball but like shit but i think um you know i think to that it it does give you to what dan was saying it does give you a sense of discipline and there's just you know it's just such a there's such a learning curve i always i mean dan shared the story a million times but when we wrote our first script it was a strangely it was an action comedy which we don't really do anymore but I remember a friend had gotten it to um, a fairly reputable company and said, hey, they loved your script and they want to meet. And my immediate thought was, ooh, I wonder how much money they're going to pay for it. <laughs> I was just just hilariously disappointed in that meeting. <laughs> and realized they just wanted to meet just to kind of get to know us. And of course, I was like, well, no, wait a minute. But what was the, what's the figure you're going to give us? Because we have a quote already, and um, pretty much from then on, it was, oh, okay, just a constant learning experience, and still is a learning experience. Um, oh, every day should be a learning experience to one yeah. extent or another, shouldn't it? I think that, that keeps us going, keeps us alive, and keeps us fresh. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that's it right there, which is it's both uh, wonderfully exciting and wonderfully terrifying, and it's trying to sort of like ride the wave in the middle of that. Because, you know, I, I think lots of us are creatures of habit or lots of us like a routine. Oh, and yeah. be, ne not having a routine or constantly having that routine disrupted is a scary or a stressful proposition. And it's, I've learned just only relatively recently, let's say the last you know, year or two, to sort of like shake hands with that. Um, you know, constantly changing, you know, the, the ground constantly shifting under your feet. And... Mm. Since I've started to shake hands with it, I, you know, it's it's been all the better. I've been all the better for it. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of interesting that, like, you kind of embrace it instead of fight it. You know, I'm a very, generally speaking in my life, I'm a very risk-averse person. So, you know, fighting that for so long which was scary and stressful. But when you start to embrace it, you can kind of uh, open up a little extra layer of creativity that you didn't know was there before and it's very cool did the did the worldwide hiccup uh <laughs> change anything for you guys for this past year or so i mean was it how did that affect everything when it came to the writing and stuff that's so, it's so interesting because so we started sweet tooth in january of 2020 and and as you've seen it's you know the, the back yeah. it's been set in the backdrop of a pandemic and <laughs> i you know remember the first couple of months we were in a physical writer's room just talking you know coming up with a story and 
very strange you know like one writer for example said oh you know in this world maybe we, everyone wears a mask and they have like different kinds of masks like their own designs and stuff on it and just as one example we're just pitching all these things that fast forward to mid-march that happened and, and yeah. you know so many things that we were just thinking about before that had actually come true and yeah. just just in general to the hiccup it was it was just a very interesting and surreal experience to then go from the physical room to working on Zoom on a TV show about a pandemic, which was <laughs> yeah. just very uh, real. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I mean, other than sort of the sort of like meta-ness and the Zoom-ness of it all, you know, going from the physical to the Zoom, not very much changed for us. I mean, we're very fortunate that we, you know, do a job that we can do remotely. You know, pretty much all we need is a laptop and an internet connection. Um, so, I mean, we were very fortunate that, like, our portion of the industry wasn't wasn't very disrupted. I mean, we plugged right along. And, you know, I think we pretty much started shooting roughly on schedule uh, down in New Zealand. But, you know, the rest of the stuff was, you know, just between me and Noah, you know, anything that we were sort of jamming on outside of the show, you know, that just chugged right along. So uh, we were we were extremely fortunate that uh, that that wasn't very much disrupted for us. Yeah, that's, that's great. So cool. That's great. Dude, so you said you guys, y'all were at the you were at the shooting with the, the cast in New Zealand. No, that was uh, that was uh, it was quite a shake up on that regard um you know that was one of the things that you know was a question whether or not we would go to new zealand because a lot of times the writers of you know whatever episodes do go right. to that to oversee their episodes you know that's what that's where our experience in wilmington uh north carolina comes from right um but you know the covid obviously blew up all that and new zealand you know was very very diligent and very vigilant about you know, protecting themselves, and they had so few cases because they're a relatively small country that can control their border like that. You know, they were so good uh, for their citizens about how to control all that and keep it controlled. And one of the things that they did was just being very intentional about who and how many people were coming into the country. So nice. It was very smart of them. Very smart. Yeah pandemic changed everything in terms of like who was coming into the country to shoot. Um, right. so we didn't, no, and I didn't end up going to New Zealand for, for, uh, they should, they should retroact, retroactively send you to New yeah, Zealand. Yeah. Just for a vacation. Like this is where we shot. Go over there. Now we'll start a petition or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Restore the Snyder cut and send Dan and Noah to, uh, <laughs> New Zealand. You gotta get you down there so you can see the bronze statue of Xena. I'm sure they have done. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> He's so stupid. <laughs> God. I love Hey, no, I, if, if, if whenever we can go down there, I'm checking out that statue. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know what? Do me a favor. If you guys get the chance to go down there and you guys actually get to see a statue of Xena that's bronze, team, you have to take pictures with it and send them to me. <laughs> I think the problem is that the statue is not getting a lot of credit because it looks a lot like Ron Perlman. Ah, uh, bad sculptor. I get it. I get it. Bad sculptor. You know. that, that's, that, that happens. It was Zena, but not Beauty and the Beast. You said you uh, got to enjoy a little bit of Wilmington uh, when you were doing the uh, the show Swamp Thing. 
really love the writing of that show, by the way, guys. It was really Thanks. good. What happened? That was such what? a big disappointment. Such I a big was disappointment. So sad. I was like, what? I, I was so into it. I was like, because I, I lived originally in Savannah, Georgia, which I don't know if you knew this, but in Savannah, Georgia, the original Swamp Thing was filmed at Oak Island on Savannah, Georgia. Oh, yeah, that's right. With Adrian Barbeau. Probably. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. Yes. I used to go to Oak Island all the time, so I was very familiar with the set, and I, that that's cool. that's a big cultural thing down there, and that little area is, is Swamp Thing was filmed here. Swamp Thing. And I was like, I, I move up towards Wilmington, and I was like, oh, my God, Swamp Thing's being filmed here. I was like, <laughs> oh, holy shit, it's following me. But uh, it, it I, I was like, oh, my God, I was so excited. I'm watching it, and I'm, I was like, and now it, what happened? Tell me. Yeah, that was that was just the. I mean, short answer is to this day we still don't know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and and that's God's honest truth. Um, there's we've heard inklings here and there, which I think would sort of be you know semi irresponsible to sure. throw them out here. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, but it's fine. truth is, we just never got a good answer. Uh, you know. Man, uh, man, or whatever the method. writing because the writing was was spot on. That show was captivating. Well, but the, the, the effects were amazing. The acting was great. I thought that was one of the best uh, uh, versions of yeah. of the story, and it was it really drew you in. I was like, this is intense. I can't believe this is actually on man. TV. Yeah, but the fucked up thing about that was was like you, like. I heard about it, okay? I'm like, all right, it's awesome. Swamp Thing's coming out. You know, this is going to be really cool. Then they said it's going to be on whatever the fucking DC network shit was. Like, I was like, okay, cool. DC's going to have their own network. That's awesome. So that's another thing that I'm going to have to pay for. Um, and And then, and then the next day or next two days or whatever, they're like, Swamp Thing's been canceled. I'm like, the motherfucker ain't even out yet. What are y'all doing? How did it get canceled before it hit? <laughs> you know, I'm, I was so blown away by that. You're you're hitting on exactly our reaction to, um, you know, and I, I know that there's there's we know that there's more metrics than the right. metrics I'm about to say, but you know, I think we were something like a ninety plus percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it seemed like the fans were just so psyched for it. Yeah. I mean, that was the limit for you guys on the show because this, this, you're right. The fans were really mm-hmm. like we were it ready, was very anticipated, very yeah. anticipated. We had this like wonderful pedigree of people that you know Noah and I were super fortunate to work with too. I mean, it was James Wan at the top, right? Who is just right, just absolute megastar from Insidious to Saw to The Conjuring to everything, you know. And yeah. then we had Mark Verheiden, who's a 30-year veteran, you know, worked on Battlestar Galactica, Heroes, Falling Skies. Never heard of that. He wrote comic (laughs) books back in the day. And then we had Gary Doberman, too, you know, who does the Annabelle movies, and he's just, like, the biggest horror mind out there. And he's just... All of them are the greatest dudes, you know, back to what we were saying about how horror is cathartic, and, you know, these people are so nice. Like, all of these people are so nice, <laughs> and it's an amazing pedigree, and then the show gets canceled, like, right when episode one drops. Right. Very weird. And it's like, you don't even give the damn show a chance to get a, to gather an audience, but you know what? The audience was ready for it. I mean, it, everyone I talked to was like, look... 
the only reason to get it was DC. The only reason to get DC streaming was to get that show. Yeah. You know. I mean, do you think that's what it was? Was it? Was it? Was it? I, I know this is going to sound really stupid, but <laughs> you think it was too movie for TV? No. No. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think the I think the the DC Universe app is you know probably as good as a theory as as any. Um, just because I mean, to to your point, I I had so many conversations with people, just always kind of going something like, "Oh man, you wrote a Swamp Thing? That's awesome! How do I watch it?" Right. And then I, oh, it's on the DC app. There's a DC app. Yeah. And, and no, and I had to basically send the link or explain. And I mean, I had that conversation so many times. Whereas, you know, I, on Netflix, for example, you just say Netflix. Everyone's like, "Holy shit, I'm watching it!" So, right. I think. Uh, I mean, I, you know, to to echo Dan, I there's we never really got an answer, but I I would venture a guess that you know the de- the difficulty of a quite of watching it probably had something to do. I I was able to watch the entire thing. From start to finish, which I thought was interesting because it was my local cable provider, which is not Spectrum. My local cable <laughs> provider, uh, which is a small company, somehow was able to uh, broadcast it. I guess maybe because they're something to do with Wilmington. I don't know. It was coming out of Wilmington. Watch watched the whole thing. That's how I watched it. Wow, huh. that's cool. Never heard of that. No, I did. Yeah. I, I do know that they did broadcast it later on. Uh, what is it? UPN or something down here? Yeah. Some channel we'll like CW. that. Yeah, CW Network. Yeah. Okay, because I didn't. I didn't have the CW, which at the at that time I didn't have. The, now I have the CW, which one of my other favorite shows out of Wilmington was on, which was uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Loved that show. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was, that was a was great good. show. That and was. That, a, I mean. Speaking to the pedigree, I think like Len Wiseman did both Sleepy Hollow and he was the director of um, Swamp Thing too. I mean, like, oh wow, that's another that's another part of the uh, you know the pedigree that was on that show. So you know, just another sort of uh, st- stack it on top of why it was so sort of heartbreaking when the show got canceled unceremoniously like that. It was just it was it was such a disappointment because all those people you know from the rest of the writers' room to the cast to the crew out Wilmington. I mean, amazing people top to bottom, and it was just so cool to just be a part of that experience. You know, sad that it didn't get to keep going, but yeah. so cool got to be a part of it for as long as we were. Uh, well, I hopefully mean- you. I've got a paycheck out of it, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And to what Dan is saying, I mean, it was you know obviously unfortunate that it couldn't continue, but I mean that's it was just such an amazing experience. And you know to to what Dan was saying about Mark Verheiden writing comic books, I actually grew up reading his Alien and Predator comics. No, so just just being able to work with the guy who I had just grown up, you know, just devouring his yeah. content was that was so cool. What out of out of all the experience, all the things you've seen, all the stuff you've read, both of you, what would be your all right scenario? <laughs> we're bringing, we're bringing quote air quotes. We're bringing it back. Bring it back. Bring what, it back, guys. What is the we're bringing it back series, show, movie, whatever that you would be like? This is my dream come true job. Yeah, you guys want to write on this show that you're bringing back. Right. Wow. 
Wow, that's a great question. Besides Swamp Thing, of course. I thought about that for a second. Noah, do you have an answer? You're saying just any any show that we've... It could be a movie series. It could be a television show that you were like, we're bringing this back. Anything you grew up on that you really love. Right for it. This is going to be awesome. I mean, I have a, I always have a joke answer, but only because this is a show that I used to watch religiously was that show Sequest. Nice. Oh, oh Sequest with them. DSV. Yeah, exactly. I I loved that show. I that's that or Earth Two. If nice. you guys remember that show. Yes. Yeah. Wow, Earth Two. Wow. Yeah. Like those shows. I mean, I, I could I could go on and on. There are so many properties, but I always, for whatever reason, especially as as far as TV goes, those were the two shows I just watched religiously growing up. And they weren't on. I think both of them were only on for maybe two or three seasons. Yeah, if that. Man, what I would have to say, this is so tough. That's a great question. <laughs> I, I like. I'm I'm gonna say. I wish they were bringing Battlestar Galactica back, which I believe they are with Sam Asmail, like executive producing. Really? Uh, and I'm not even sure. I mean, like, would I love to be a part of it? Hell yeah. But I'm I'm not even sure I care whether or not we're a part of it because I just want to watch that. Like, Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, part of me is just a fan. I mean, like, I, I think Noah and I try to write a lot as fans, like, stuff we would like to see as you know as show watchers or as movie watchers and so i kind of don't even care if i you know, <laughs> I, I hope i hope nobody who's hiring at that uh, battlestar <laughs> hearing this uh, we 100 percent want to be a part of it but also if we're not a part of it i'm just i will be there uh the day it drops to watch it oh yeah that's awesome that's, you it's know. interesting you guys went straight onto the sci-fi yeah straight sci-fi. what would I you mean, bring back me? Yeah, you. I I have I have a movie or I have a well movie that became a TV series and a TV series that I would bring All right. back. What would what would you bring back? Um remember the show Alien Nation? I love yeah. yeah, I love that. Love the show yeah. and the movie. Yeah. The, I I absolutely think that is uh, such a forgotten awesome sci-fi series. Yeah. It really I, was. I agree. So freaking and it's very relevant today. You know the, yeah. the things they touched upon and their their topics and stuff like that. I heard Jeff Nickel might be doing a version of it, so they might be bringing it back. Oh, oh cool. shit, that'd be cool. Wow, I, I could I could play the cop. That'd be awesome. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because uh, you really look like a cop. And then the the uh, the TV show that is completely forgotten that had the most amazing cast member on it, which was Rick Springfield, which was Riptide. <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking wow. Riptide, dude! Oh my god. <laughs> What a reference! Wow, <laughs> wow! You know, like I, like all the younger people that listen to our show are like, "What the fuck is that?" That's right. And we're all gonna Google <laughs> yep. Riptide. It's gonna be. It's it's gonna be the most Googled uh, um, uh, title this month. Watch. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, start trending, and nobody will know why. <laughs> What about you, Wayne? What would you do? Um, I was thinking like maybe like a reboot of Buck Rogers would be cool, or yeah, you know, because that would be a cool that because that show I don't know it kind of ended so just like non ceremoniously it was just kind of it's over you know nothing there they didn't really tie anything up. Um, 
but I think I think that would be kind of cool because especially now with like the you know the new visual effects and all that stuff, and I think that it would look a lot better. I thought you'd say Little Wonder or something like that. No, 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 <laughs> not Little Wonder. Um, maybe you know what? You know, welcome back, Cotter. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow right back, i love that show as a kid i watched it like every day so you know it was welcome back i watched welcome so, back cotter fucking um uh sanford and son i mean god oh, damn dude you, you, you know too, huh? yeah 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 i only got the one channel fuck i i need to know in this in the if we're bringing back welcome back cotter yep. all right is it is it welcome back carter parentheses again <laughs> and then it's John Travolta still playing a high school student where nobody ever mentions it, where nobody ever calls it out. You know what? Well, Look, Travolta let's... now plays what's his name, the teacher. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's he's Mr. Carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, you know, everybody who's still alive needs to come back on the show. Every one of yeah. them, you know. Like I don't, I don't know which one. I, I'm not even. Really, I don't. I think. Um, Oh, what was his name? Freddie Boom Boom Washington. I think he's still alive. Um, well, we to start bringing back all kinds of show. I think we need to bring back the Steve Harvey show, which was the sitcom. Yes, we need to we need to reboot Blossom. Oh, there you go. Well, she went into the adult film industry. Did she really? Blossom. Yeah. No, she didn't. Was it? Wasn't it Blossom? No, or was she... it? Oh, it's Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster. Yeah, because Blossom became what's her name on um, Big Bang. Theory. Big Bang. Big Bang. Yeah. So wow. Bruce, if she went, if she went into adult films, that would have been a whole nother Big Bang Theory would have been a whole new show. <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra layer of meaning right there. Right. Yeah. Right. Jesus Christ, Punky Brewster. I don't think she went into porn either. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. I don't I think there. so. No, you, I, I, you were I, there. She... You were there. <laughs> Are you thinking of Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss? Because didn't she no. do like, softcore stuff on like Showtime in like the nineties or something? Well, yeah, yeah she, she did, what, uh, was she did it a vampire movie? And she oh, did sorry. that. Was it Poison yeah, Ivy? I think was the other movie that she did well, was kind of dirty. That wasn't Poison Ivy. That was the blonde chick, uh, Drew Barrymore. Was it? Yeah, she did Poison Ivy. Or was it the uh, Alicia well, Alicia Silverstone? Did, uh, something the Embrace or something like that. I can't oh, remember what that vampire movie was that made me ruin a VHS tape. God. <laughs> Uh, how old are you guys? You guys are younger than us, I'm sure. Uh, I'm 38. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're right. I'm, you're I'm right. 35. Yeah, y'all, y'all are about, all right, all right, yeah. You guys are a little younger than us, but, but well, still. We're all in like an eight-year span. Yeah. So, I was just wondering, because I was wondering if any of these, if any of these references were kind of like going <laughs> off, like, what the fuck are these dudes talking about? No. Well, I, I've heard of all of them. I know Riptide and Welcome Back Carter, but I haven't. I, Get I, on YouTube I and, and pull up the Riptide. You're gonna dig it. I, okay, cool. I was gonna say, yeah. dude, you haven't seen Welcome Back, Carter. You're missing, you know, you're missing your yeah. life right there. You yeah. know, I, I will say there's so much really great old school TV that still holds up. I I had never actually watched Columbo until recently. Oh, that's oh, fabulous. Yeah. That show kicks ass. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a fabulous yeah. TV show, man. Cool. Yeah. And and it's 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 really well written, and it's just it's it, it's just such a good show, and and people kind of look at it like, oh, it's old, I don't want to watch it. I'm like, dude, you, you, it, just because it's old doesn't mean it's shit. Come on. Yeah, they brought back a few old old shows. Like my granddad used to watch uh, one called Cold Check, The Night Stalker. Oh, yeah. I, 
right. that's actually a show for whatever reason my dad had like VHS taped over versions of it. I don't know where he taped it from, but I used to watch the shit out of that. That was that was another great show. Well, it was like X Factor Light or not? X Factor X Factor Light. What's it called? Uh, it was uh, Night Stalker. Oh, not... they redid it uh, as a movie, I think, a couple years ago that completely bombed because no one got it. Yeah, but totally. uh, it very with much. Ramirez, I think. Say again. With Edgar Ramirez, I think they made the movie with Edgar Ramirez. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the original was with Darren McGavin and almost kind of like, uh, I mean, maybe I'm misreferencing it, but almost like a dragnet style in terms of the narration. But he's a reporter, yeah. you know, is, is reporting on supernatural stuff. It was great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I never, I don't think the, I've ever seen that. Yeah, it was like uh, the X-File cases that the reporters would catch. Oh, no cool. to touch the story, but, but he did. Damn, I'm going to have to look that up. That sounds like something I'd be into. Yeah, also, very cool. For well, the this... FBI, if the FBI is listening, don't go arrest Noah's dad for taping <laughs> over VHS. That was a long time ago. It doesn't count. Uh, nope. For the FBI warning, you cannot dub over this or record this. Uh, you know how many times we had that on our blank tapes? Shh, whatever. <laughs> that was that was Napster before Napster, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, this has been this has been awesome, and uh, I am so excited. You guys are like uh, rock they're, stars. They're the, the fucking writing. Wonder Twins, man. <laughs> or, or uh, I don't know if you guys are gonna get this reference, but uh, Tomax and Zaymot from GI Joe. No one well, gets that reference. I don't get that one. Ah, it's the, it's the two it's the two twins off of GI Joe that were. Tripped over your nerdness. I know, it man. It was two twins yeah. off of GI Joe that are cobras. They're they're badass. I, I think they're more like. In, in oh, I'm staring at my screen right now. They're more like uh, the guys from Hawaii Five O because I see D A and O. So it's Dano right there. Oh. <laughs> How about can can I, I I will see that and I'll accept the references, but I might go with uh, uh, Caster and Pollux. Nice. Oh. From Face Off. Nice, wow. nice. And his brother. <laughs> very nice. That's a, well, this is very, very cool. It's been well, a I'm, fucking I'm really fun show, man. Yeah, this we appreciate been- you all doing this. This has been great. And um, what uh, what type of, uh, I mean, do you all have uh, independent uh, websites? Can people check out, like, bio pages or yeah, anything? Where, where can they find you guys? Oh, man. Nope. We we have incredibly generic Anglo-Saxon names. We're impossible to Google. Uh, you're, oh. You know what? You're you're pretty pretty nail uh, hitting the nail on the head on that one. Like I googled <laughs> Noah's name, and it came up with a character from yeah. a movie called The Sitter that yep. Jonah Hill played, and I laughed my ass off. I was like, "This is yep. not the guy." Indeed, yeah. yeah I, 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 I think Google kinda... me at. Uh, Patrick Stewart's son. Yes, you're right. That was the other one I got. I was like, I was like, I don't believe this is Patrick Stewart's son, but hey, you know, make it so, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys should just ride it. I think those are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just find me. You know, here it is. Here we are. I'm yeah, Patrick Stewart's son. You know, and... I think to your question, one of these days we'll, we'll have a website, and, and I've been so tempted to, when you Googled my name, just to say... On my half, no, I am not the fictional <laughs> character from the 2011 Jonah Hill comedy. <laughs> that would be 
priceless. A lot of people wouldn't. I don't think a lot of people would get that, but I think the people that do would appreciate it so much. <laughs> but but you're right. You know, uh, maybe maybe after uh, Sweet Tooth being the success that it is, maybe maybe it's finally time for us to get a website one of these days. It's, it, it's and you need to link them together so it's just one pops up and you're like, ooh, where's this go? Oh, it goes to you. Wow, oh, this is awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can do it like a yin and yang thing, like you said earlier, where it's two different styles, but it's it <laughs> matches together. And then and then the front, I'm just adding to this. I mean, we get you, we superimpose you on the screen, and you're doing this like eight bit kung fu thing to each other with the yin and yang in the background with the <laughs> martial arts sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're out and start writing things. Too bad we can't and design websites. Noah's special mm -hmm. move will be music related, and my special move will be math related, and we'll I'll, I'll expire <laughs> like math symbols at him somehow. Yes, <laughs> you would throw like like pie. Yeah, pie. <laughs> that would be great. You throw in math. Oh like shit! I'll do like an eighty oh. sax. That's my superpower. Yes. There you go. Eighty sax tune. Very fan of you. <laughs> oh, it'd be so good. So uh -oh. good. Oh, that is awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. This is so freaking cool. And, uh, oh, thank uh, you guys. what uh, can you, can you real briefly, anything that you can divulge the sweet tooth world? Is there something coming up that, that we should be looking for? Man, you know, like I, I think, um, I, we're still riding the high of the, the season coming out and being so successful around the world. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we get some news, uh, about a season two, but right now, you know, I think, I think we're just focused on season one and how, how well it's being received and how, um, you know, how grateful we are for everybody, you know, enjoying the show around the world. Well, I think I think you guys have done a great job. Yeah, and, uh, fucking great show. I know Wayne would say uh, you you definitely have an open door. Next time you guys are either in Louisiana or up in Wilmington, you need to give us a holler. Yeah, Love sure. You guys yeah. are. That sounds so great. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate that. Well, thank you. So, guys, look, thank y'all so much again for doing this. I'm sorry I was kind of low key, but you know, with my face hurting and all that good shit, I didn't want to like uh, say too face much. Been me for years, buddy. Yeah, so. yeah, whatever. Eat me. Um, <laughs> but. Thank you guys so much for doing the show. And I want to say, if you guys out there have not seen Sweet Tooth, Sweet. don't fucking drag your feet. This show is awesome. It's fantastic. It's everything that you want from a TV show. Believe me. Sign the petition to bring back Swamp Thing. You're goddamn right. Swamp Thing needs to come back. <laughs> fucking bullshit ending it with one season. God damn it. Anyway. <laughs> well, guys, thanks again. And I was your host, Wayne. And I'm the rum guy. And those guys were Noah and Daniel. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it.
That's it. Get the fuck 